Morning, church. It's good to see all of you. Um, a lot that I haven't seen in quite a while. I'm glad to see your smiley faces. Uh, Steve has asked me to read from the book of Romans this morning, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 11, 11 and 12. Romans 1, 11 and 12. <clears throat> Paul writes here, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that you may be that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we are so thankful, Father, to assemble this morning to worship you, to be together, brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we just pray that we continue to be long, right-minded together. And Lord, we just... Thank you for the blessings that you give to us each day. Thank you, Lord, for our, our jobs, our homes, uh, this great nation that we live in. And Lord, we do pray for our nation, our nation that will turn to you for strength and guidance. Be with our leaders, Father, and guide their thoughts and minds. And, and uh, hopefully we pray, Lord, that they will turn to you. Lord, we are thankful for Steve and his family. We think thankful that he has a a lesson prepared to, to tell us what your word is this morning. We pray that you would bless him, that he'd have a ready recollection of what he has studied and prepared. And Father, may we be encouraged by his words this morning, that as we go out into the world the rest of the week, that uh, we will not forget who we are. And uh, Lord, we just are so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray these things. Amen. Good morning. I like that personalized greeting. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, well, first, I was handed uh, this. Um, it says that uh, your cousin Bill, you just announced, is not responding and is being taken off of life support. So I guess you guys just got a text or something. I am sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and pray about that right now. Father, we uh, thank you for the Rainsberger family. We thank you for the blessing that they have been to us. And Father, we ask that you be um, with all their extended family as they go through a heart-rending time. And Father, just um, be with them as they endure this. Give them joy in the midst of their sorrow. And Father, we know that everything works together for the good, for those that love you. Father, we just ask that you make that happen as you always do. And we're thankful that you do that. And if there's any way that uh, we can comfort Dennis and his family, Father, show it to us. These things we pray through your son, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, I appreciate... 
the song leading this morning, and I appreciate the prayer as well. This is my father's world. And um, it that's hard, that can be a little hard to remember sometimes. And if you watch this week's Out of the Pulpit, raise your hand if you watch this week's Out of the Pulpit. Look at that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Jennifer, did you watch this week's Out of the Pulpit? Or has there been a touchdown? Okay. Anyway, I encourage you to watch that and um, share it. It is a little bit full of memory, but um, you guys can handle that. Um, here's one of the what I wanted to talk about today, obviously, because it's on the slide, <laughs> is I wanted to talk about spiritual gifts. And you're like, uh-oh, what's Steve going to do now? What crazy thing is he going to tell us? Well, spiritual gifts haven't gone away. Heretic! Okay, let me say, let me, let me qualify that. I have not ever seen anyone spontaneously uh, preach uh, in a language that they didn't know. I have never seen anyone physically healed by the laying on of hands that I'm aware of. Um, so some miraculous gifts obviously have not made it down to us. But if you, try to, if you look through your New Testament and try to find where spiritual gifts died, you're not going to find it. And that's for a good reason, because they didn't. Because there are, there are spiritual gifts that are not uh, signs. Because the Jews wanted signs. Remember Paul said that over and over again, the Jews want signs and the Greeks want a convincing argument. And so um, Jesus performed many signs. His apostles performed many signs. And I don't, uh, that's not the way God reaches people today um, from what I can tell. But that doesn't mean that God has limited himself. And you're like, oh, please, Steve, say something sane. Don't, don't start speaking in tongues. I'm not going to. But I want to read this. Well, we already read it. In Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Listen to what Paul's saying here. He says, I can't wait to see. This is the Steve translation, by the way. If you have a copy of the Steve translation, hide it. Hide it somewhere. Uh, I can't wait to see you so that I can give to you a spiritual gift to strengthen you. Does that mean Paul's going to perform a miracle? He's going to come and uh, do some miraculous sign? No, he says, that is, or i.e., in other words, that we may be mutually encouraged by, by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And that's why I'm glad you all are here today. Because... If you really believe, and you should, if you don't, you need to go back and read your Bible some more, that when Jesus left, He left us with His Spirit. He gave us the peace that He Himself walked around with. Our body is the dwelling place, the new temple of the Spirit of God. Your heart is the holy of holies. And to walk around like you're just some other person on the street is tragic and unbiblical. 
you're not just like every other person on the street. You have within you the presence of the Almighty Creator. And so, my, in school, I tended to be a little late. Thank goodness that's no longer a problem. Um, and my teachers would say, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Mr. Gibson. But that really, I really was gracing them with my presence because I was a Christian. And you're gracing me with your presence today. And Paul, when we talk about this gift of the Spirit, it's going to get down to faith, hope, and love. That's from, as you know, 1 Corinthians 13, right? When, all, when everything else, everything is pointless, and it's all going to be burned clean by God. At the end, there's only three things left. Anybody? Very good. You get a star for the day. You may, get a, you may get to get something out of the treasure box. Yeah, faith, hope, and love. And so, when it comes to the Spirit of God, it is a gift for you to be with me. It's a gift to me. And it's a gift for me to be with you if we're sharing in our faith, our hope, and our love. So I want you to rethink what you're doing when you come here. We are sharing in a spiritual gift, and I can tell you, when I'm with brothers and sisters who walk in the Spirit, brothers and sisters who pray to be filled with the Spirit of God, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness are filled by the Spirit of God, and I sense the presence of the Lord in my brothers and sisters, in you guys, in y'all, depending on how you form that. And you might think, well, he's kind of taking this verse a little bit far. Okay, well, let's read some more verses then. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. And another thing you'll notice is when we talk about this, we're also talking about the fact that the world is ending. Did you know that? Did you know the world is ending? It is. And not just because of the coronavirus. Or TikTok. The world is, is ending because the world is corrupt. First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, Peter says, The end is at hand. And again, people say, Well, joke's on you, Peter. That was 2,000 years ago, and the world still hasn't ended. And I'll remind you the reason the world still hasn't ended is because God is anxious to save anyone that can be saved. And as long as there's someone who can be saved, there's a good biblical argument to make that as long as there is someone to be saved, God will wait on that person. Which is pretty incredible. Because I almost left my kids a couple times dragging their feet. The end of all things is at hand. So be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. As an aside, if you're going around all day just doing whatever and not including God in your life, you're not being sober-minded, you're not being self-controlled, when you sit down to pray, nothing really much going to happen. Because 
I don't know about you, but I don't like friends that I don't hear from for years and years and then all of a sudden call me and want a big favor. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I won't give it to them. But I had a friend, I, we weren't even good friends in college, and this guy called me like five years after I had last seen him, and he, he wanted to let me know about an exciting business opportunity that involved multi-level marketing. And it's like, well, that's just rude. That is rude. How can you do that? Well, it's not that God is petty. It's just that you have to walk in the Spirit. God isn't a, a vending machine that you can pull the handle on every so often. All right, let me get off that tangent. We'll go back. Above all, above all, we consider all the things. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Getting back to that faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If you get nothing else right, have a self-sacrificing love for the brothers and sisters. If you get nothing else right, and I can say as a Christian earlier in my life, I got a lot of things right, but one of the things I didn't necessarily get right was the self-sacrificing love for other people. You can be correct without being right. And we have to be correct and right. So if you get nothing else right, start off with loving each other earnestly because love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. In other words, if you have a self-sacrificing love, for the people around you, if they want something or need something, you're, of course, going to do it for them. Not like, oh, Steve called again. But more like, yeah, this is, I'm glad that God gives me an opportunity to serve. Because if you have a self-sacrificing love for me, and I have a self-sacrificing love for you, I should be looking for opportunities to serve you. Yes? Your faces aren't that different without the masks on, by the way. Um, as each has received a gift, and by the way, when he says as each has received a gift, all good things come from God, and God is spirit, and in that sense, everything is a spiritual gift. Some are more physical than others, but everything in your life is spiritual or should be. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. In other words, God didn't make you smart or handsome. Let me not just talk about me. God didn't make you uh, athletic or organized or rich or give you long flowing locks. I don't know what that means. Um, God didn't give you the good things that you have just so that you can enjoy them or maybe make a living from them. God gave them to you for the same reason He gave gifts to Israel. The only reason God gave gifts to Israel was so that Israel could use them to shine God's light around the world, and the same is true for you. If you are not using the things God has give you, given you to serve others, then you are not a good steward. Moving on. Whoever speaks should speak as one who speaks oracles of God. And I pray to do that every day. 
but especially when I'm teaching a class or preaching a sermon, which is often, I pray that I say words that God wants me to say. And that is the way as Christians we should speak, whether we're preachers or not. Whoever serves should serve as one serving by the strength that God supplies. Because you are. So that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So what I pick up from this, and I think you can pick up from this, is that that line between spiritual gifts and worldly gifts is a a line you're inventing. Because God is spirit, all of your gifts are spiritual gifts and should be used through the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Your spiritual gift... Man, there's so many things I don't do well that I need you guys. That's my wife. She'll tell you there's so many things he can't seem to manage. Don't give him a list. That was hypothetical. Keep to yourself. So, in our first verse, the faith that we have is a gift that we can give other people. And all the things that God has given us are things that we can gift other people with. And we have to gift other people or we are bad stewards. And I'll make the case, not today, but at some other time, that God will take those gifts away. To him who has will be given more, and to him who does not have even what he has will be taken from him. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 29 and 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't you find it curious that those two statements go together? If you look in your Bible over and over again, your presence in the world is a manifestation of God's Spirit, which is the way it was always meant to be. So when you come here, you're not just showing up to hear a great sermon. (laughs) Don't laugh so hard at that. That's hurtful. You're not just here to hear a sermon or singing or whatever you have in your mind you're coming here for. This is a gift-giving party where I can give my faith to you and you can give your faith to me. And I can give my grace to you and you can give your grace to me. And I can give my service to you and vice versa. That is what we're here for. And if you're going, well, I don't know that I was really, I don't know if that service really like did anything for me. Um, he kind of just rambles a lot, and then he starts screaming toward the end. And uh, I'm not really sure how well that works out for me. Okay, well, you're, you're, you blew it. That you're not, you need to rethink 
why you come here and what you're doing when you come here. What you're doing is to receive the gift of faith and encouragement and to give that gift back. And so, you can't just... Did I flip? It was a ghost. So, you can't just say whatever stupid thing comes to your mind. It's taken me 52 years to learn that, and I'm still not 100%, but I'm doing better. You can't just say whatever stupid thing comes to your mind. In my case, just because I think of something funny doesn't mean I need to say it out loud. That's one of my big failings as a person. But I'm a lot better at it. And you're like, really? How was it before? It was bad. It was bad. But you can't just let whatever fly out of your mouth. Well, I'm just keeping it real. Okay. You're, keeping it real is code for being a jerk. You're not keeping it real. You're being a jerk. Keeping it real is speaking the truth in love. If you're being rude and what you're saying isn't helpful, zip it. And I make jokes about that, but what's the consequence if we don't season our words with salt? And that doesn't mean shut up and don't say anything. It means do speak. But when you speak, speak things that are good for building up. Things that are appropriate. And failure to do so does what? It grieves the Holy Spirit of God. That Spirit within you is grieved. And trust me, there's plenty of examples in the Bible. The parable of the talents just comes to mind. Where just shutting, oh, I'm going to shut up so I don't get in trouble, that's the worst thing you can do. So saying nothing is worse than saying the wrong thing. Which means we have to walk with God. We have to be in, we have to have knowledge of the things Jesus taught that are written down for us. We have to be in the Word. We have to be in the Spirit. We have to be in prayer. All right, moving to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this gets back to a verse we read earlier about the end is coming. The end is near. It is. And we can't just be like everyone else in the world. We can't march to their tune. And again, that's kind of something that I covered in this week's Out of the Pulpit. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 5. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. He means that literally, of course. But he also means, let's pay attention to what's going on and not just go with the flow and hope everything works out okay. I don't mean watching CNN all day or Fox all day. That's not what I mean. I mean being in prayer, being in communication with God's elect, God's saints, the people in this room and other saints out of this room. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. Being asleep 
or being in the middle, so in the middle of your party, or so being under the influence of whatever it is you've let taken over your life, that's for people who live in the darkness. We live in the light. So we're awake and we're sober. Verse 8, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. There it is again, of faith and love. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. This message is being taught to you over and over and over again. I hope you're receiving it. There's only three things that matter. Not your stance on the coronavirus. Not your stance on government economics. Not as... Uh, Dennis was saying earlier today, your, your job title or your bank account or your car or your house or your just overall handsome looks, those things are going to be gone. The three things that are left are faith, hope, and love. A sober-minded Christian person spends their time nurturing those three things, faith, hope, and love. And what is if you're reading all this Scripture, one of, if not the, best way to grow in faith, hope, and love. Spiritual gift giving. These, these verses over and over say, the more I share my faith, hope, and love with you, the more faith, hope, and love I get back. Yes, you. Don't wave at me. Come down there. Okay, you can wave at me. That's fine. Faith, hope, and love. These are the important things. And the one of the there's two ways I can get them in my daily walk with God, but importantly, it's so important that it's worth getting up, taking a shower, hopefully, getting dressed, and coming down here to meet together because we want to praise God. And we want to worship Him, but also we want to share our faith, our hope, and our love with each other. Because Christianity is not a solo sport. It is a group activity. And you can only succeed as a group. And therefore, being together and learning how to get along and learning how to solve differences is not just a good idea. It's critical to you getting to heaven. All right. Verse 9. For God has not destined us for bad things, for wrath, for destruction, but He's destined us to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reason we do all these things is because we have a destiny. Our destiny is eternal life. Verse 10, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Therefore, since all this is true, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So if they're already doing it, why did He say to do it? I'm already doing that. Why are you on my case? Well, because we always need to do it better. And I see a lot of hope and encouragement, a lot of sharing of faith, hope, and love, a lot of encouragement in this body, but we can do a lot better than we're doing. 
I don't want us to be discouraged. You're all bad. Get better. But at the same time, because God has been so good to us, don't we want to do better? If God's so good to us, don't we want to shine that light out into the community? Amen? Like, we just get to keep all this stuff for ourselves? There's a world hurting out there. There's a world dying out there. It's confused. Have you been outside? People are not in a good mood. People are angry and confused and upset and scared. We can be the light shining around us. And I encourage you, this is a side thing, but when you go out there, say something nice to everyone you can possibly talk to without being inappropriate. Because remember, it has to be appropriate. Really? Will you guys do that? Yes, Steve, we will do that. Okay, good. Glad you guys said that. And even, I know this sounds weird, but you guys know what an incredible nerd I am, right? You guys know that when Jesse and I play a certain game online, I won't say that, you know, it involves pretend guns and stuff. At the end, that's when everyone shouts at each other and says things about their lineage and <laughs> their intelligence and stuff. And I say, hey, everyone, good job. I hope you have a good day. And it just blows their minds. Even when you're playing video games, you can spread the joy of the Lord, yeah? I'll never meet those people. But I run into people all the time, and it's amazing when I talk to people how hungry people are. Just a little drop of kindness. Just a little bit. A tiny taste of the faith, the hope, and the love that we have. Spread that to the world around you. It's not just a good idea. It's the law. And if you're not doing that, then you might find yourself acting like everyone else. Being grumpy and irritated and confused and scared. And if you are those things, maybe it's because you've got things in reverse order. You need to start praying that God will give, and then when God gives you, immediately give it to someone else. Everyone else. Okay, this is... I printed, See, I told you he'd start shouting. All right, um, Hebrews 10. Twenty three through twenty five. Again, this faith, hope, love thing is going to keep coming back because it's always been in your Bibles. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. What's He saying? That hope that you have? What's the hope that you have? That your team will win this year? They're not going to win. What's the hope that you have? That everything will go great this year? It won't. Everything will not go great this year. What's your hope? That we're going to elect a president that makes you happy and makes all your dreams come true? Stop my sides. Those hopes are misplaced. Your hope is in the fact that no matter what happens to me, God will be with me. And no matter what the outcomes are of the things in my life, the eventual outcome is I live with Him forever where there's no more tears 
no more suffering, and no more dying. That's the hope. And you have to hold on to that hope and share that hope. And why should you hold on to that hope? Because the one that gave you that hope is faithful. Put God to the test, not like, hey God, you're going to do this. But when God promises you something, follow through with your end, and I promise you, He will follow through on His. I guarantee you He will follow through on His because God is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works. We've got faith, hope, and love. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Not, well, you know what, I see the day drawing near. You know what, I think I've done my, I think I've done my duty. I think I've done my Christian stuff. No. Every day we get closer to Jesus returning to save the world. And that means you only have a little bit of time left to take care of the things that you need to take care of. I know those of you who are sending kids off to college will do like most parents. You, this is like number for Craig, for you guys, number four. So it's not. But the first one or two, you spend the summer trying to do, at least this is what I see other parents do. I haven't sent a kid to college. But this is what my parents did too. Like that last summer, you try to get in all the parenting that you think you should have like, you, you didn't get that in, so that summer is just a nightmare for that person because you're trying to do a lot of last-minute parenting. You guys are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is that time. Your kids are going off to college. We have to all the more encourage one another because the day is drawing near. I'm going to turn to uh, Ecclesiastes, which Dennis did. Hold it. It's, uh, that's the name in... Uh, Hebrew, um, Koholet, the preacher, says a lot of good things. And here's something just really profound. And we need to remember this, and this is our last verse for the day. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. We can earn more together than I can earn by myself. For if one falls, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. I thank God that through His grace, when I've fallen, I've had people that love the Lord that were there by me to pick me up. And I pray that I'm always there to pick up a fallen brother or sister who needs my help. Again, if two lay down together, they keep warm. But how can you keep warm by yourself? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will take him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And that really is, and again, threefold, Faith, hope, and love. A threefold cord of faith, hope, and love is not broken, but also the more of us that are bound together, wound together. We can't just come in as strings and sit down in our pews. String walks into a bar? No, that's an old joke. Okay. Punchline? No, I'm afraid not. Okay. 
individual yarns can wear away and don't have a lot of strength to them. But you can take yarn, just even regular old yarn that a cat would bat at, and when you weave them together, you weave together those fibers, you can weave a yarn together into a fiber and the, the fibers into a strand and the strand into a yarn. And when you're making rope, this is how you make rope. You start off with something small, and then you put those together. And then you get something bigger. And then you twist those together, and you get something bigger. And at the end, you take them and you weave them together. And suddenly, this material that may have just been fuzz when you got it off the plant, like flax or something like that, or hemp. It may just be a bunch of insignificant strands of nothing that hold nothing together, but when they're wound together, when they're lashed together, when they're made into one thing, they can lift a ton. And I, I say all this to remind you that our job is not to sit back passively and listen to someone speak. We're not here to punch our cards. I did my God thing for today. I'm punching out, and I'm going to go home and do whatever thing I was going to do anyway. We have to be changed by our time together. Your job is not to be changed by other people. Your job is to change other people. And if you do that job, you will be changed. Should I say that again? Your job is not to be changed when you come here. Your job is to create change when you come here. And in doing that, you will be changed. We have to be, and not just when we come here, we have to be on a deeper level than that, entwined in each other's lives. Because if you're just one thread by yourself, you will break. And we've seen that, haven't we? There have been threads that we've tried to weave in. And the threads just sort of worked themselves out and broke. Well, we have to work together to weave those threads in to keep us all part of that strong rope. Because getting through this test, which this is a test, is, is lifting a heavy weight. We can't do it by ourselves. We can do it through the strength of God. But here's the, here's the point I'm trying to make today. The strength of God comes in large part through His people because that's through whom He chooses to show His power. And when you start thinking about I'm a person trying to follow God, you're wrong. No, you're a person in whom the Spirit of God dwells. And you need to take that seriously to increase your faith, your hope, and your love so that you can increase the faith, hope, and love of the people around you. Thank you for coming today and for increasing my faith, hope, and love, for stirring me up to good works. And I just want to say this. Isn't God good? God is good. All the time, God is good. All the time. 
Amen to that. You almost got it, but that's okay. Because your spirit, really, your spirit was lifting my spirit. I don't say that ironically. Did you not, did you get nothing out of that? You should have, I got something out of that. Because we speak as one voice that God is good. And all the time, that's right. We're lifting, we're, we're sharing our faith with each other. Have you not seen that God is good? Have you not tasted that God is good? Say amen if you have. We're sharing our faith. We're sharing our testimony that God is good. And since God is good, of course we have hope that His promises will come to fruition because His promises have already come to fruition. Because God is so good. God is good. And because all the time, amen to that. And if you've got a specific praise that you, you want to share with the brothers and sisters, that's a command. Well, I don't know. I don't want to get up there. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you get up here. You tell us. It's a command. Share your faith. Share your hope. Share your love. And if you, we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. We're a rope. If, if you feel yourself fraying, let us know. You can't just go fray off into the distance. We have to help you. That's what we're here for. We're all in this together. And no one gets out alive. It's true. So if you have a praise, if you feel yourself fraying, if you want to be more entwined in God's body, or if you're not baptized, I don't know everybody in this room, you can be baptized. You can be part of the brotherhood of Christ and you can experience the joy of the Lord and the power of His Holy Spirit. If you have anything, please come forward. The elders will pray with you while we stand and sing this song.